Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. What event comes once a year and could change how you see the world around you? The answer? When your vision benefits renew. And now that they have, there's no better time to visit your neighborhood Pearl Vision, where they'll cover your out-of-pocket cost or insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at pearlvision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 4-30-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. Claire Foy opened up about feeling exploited while filming sex scenes. Chriselle Staus confirmed that she and Jason Oppenheim broke up because she wants a family someday. And we're talking with Ali Vigiano and Ben Coleman, stars of the new movie, The End of Us. It's December 22nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, on a recent episode of the BBC podcast, Woman's Hour, the Crown star Claire Foy revealed how she feels about filming sex scenes. You do feel exploited when you are a woman mm-hmm. and you are having to, you know, perform fake sex on screen. You can't help but feel exploited. It's just... It's grim. It's the grimmest thing you can do and you feel exposed and and everyone can try and make you feel that not way that way, but it's unfortunately the reality. Um I'm curious if they have a intimacy coordinator because I know that that's still a very new thing yeah, that's happening. She, she does and I'm not sure you know what season she had one or on what projects she's used one, but in that interview she does talk about she's like all the credit to intimacy coordinators, but she's still saying like but still. And I think that's a good point because I feel like, you know, like on the show we've talked about like yes, you need intimacy coordinators, but it's like okay, yeah, even if you have intimacy coordinators, that's still like really sucky. I mean, like I don't know, like maybe, you know, sometimes it's hard to think like you might think like, oh, it's just them, the intimacy coordinator and the director, but it's not. There are so many other people on yeah, set, there are like so, so many, many other people. people. Yeah. And then they're still just like watching you. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, it's invasive. I get it. It's yeah. like at the end of the day, it's invasive. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And then also you add on, it's like, okay, yes, things are getting better. And yes, you like, if you're a woman, you would feel more comfortable with like a woman intimacy coordinator, a woman director, but you know, that's not always the case. And also there's such a history 
of women in sex scenes that like you like there's still that feeling that you're like, yeah, maybe I don't want to be a part of this, you know? Yeah, especially because I feel like sometimes it's not necessary to the film. And so it's like, I think just starting from like the very beginning and saying, do we actually need this scene in the first place? What is this actually bringing to the movie? Uh Uh-huh. All right. So moving on, Selling Sunset stars Chriselle Staus and Jason Oppenheim have broken up because of their, quote, different wants in regards to starting a family. In a statement posted to her Instagram story, Chriselle wrote, quote, Jason was and is my best friend. And other than our ideas for family ultimately not being aligned, the amount of respect and love we have for each other will not change going forward. Before adding that, quote, men have the luxury of time that women don't. And that's just the way it goes. Shiloh, do you watch Selling Sunset? I've seen two episodes. (laughs) Okay, well, you should watch more of it. Okay, I watch it and I just finished the season, which they're gearing up for Chriselle and Jason to be in a relationship. And for those who don't know, Jason is her boss. Isn't he a twin? He is a twin. I I know so little. And they they are like basically identical twins. It's very hard. I do not know who is who, who's Jason and who's Brett. Um, I wonder if Chriselle does. JK, that's a joke, everyone. Didn't Brett also break up with someone? I read that. Maybe. Yeah, that happened too. And you know, at first, because I am in a selling sunset group chat, um, (laughs) at at first we were talking about like, oh my God, was this all just for the show? Which like we were like made us upset, but also like that's reality TV and stuff. But then with this statement, this is a genuine statement. Chriselle wants kids and Jason either it sounds like he doesn't want kids or he doesn't want them right now, which is totally valid for both people. And I have to say that Chriselle having to make this decision of knowing what she wants and maybe Jason can't be a part of that. That's heartbreaking. That's a very hard decision. Yeah, because it seems like this is really the only thing standing in their way of being together, which is it's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like when you find someone and you match up on every other level, uh, that's really hard to let go of. No, and I've had I've seen people in my life go through those situations, too. It's real. And it's just so important to know what you want in life. And I I don't know. I feel good for both of them that they know what they want. And yeah, this sucks. It sucks. But I'm happy for them. All right. So if you were living with your significant other during the pandemic, chances are you probably got in a fight or two because being stuck with the same person for such a long time is bad for even the healthiest of relationships. But for some, it was a realization that the relationship no longer works. That's the premise of the new movie, The End of Us. And we're talking with the movie stars, Ali Vigiano and Ben Coleman. Hi, Allie and Ben. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank Thank you you for having having us. us. Yes, I'm excited to talk to you guys about this because I've been seeing the movie everywhere, probably because you both used to work for BuzzFeed. So all our friends are BuzzFeed people and it's all over my socials, but also because it's a great movie. So you're both the stars of a new movie called The End of Us, written and directed by Stephen Cantor and Henry Lovner. So without spoiling too much for our listeners, what is this movie about? So it's a World War II story. Uh, (laughs) It's about a couple who, as COVID kind of took over LA and lockdown went into place, there's a couple that breaks up and is forced to live together and quarantine together for several months into the pandemic. And uh, yeah, Ali mentioned I have some kind of connection with that. I did go through a similar experience in my personal life. So I'm very close friends with Stephen and Henry, the directors, and I was going through that and it definitely had something to do with the inception of the idea, not necessarily the characters, but yeah, it's about a couple who 
has kind of run its course and decides to end it at the absolute worst time and uh, try to kind of, you know, move on without moving out as the log line suggests. Totally. I'll just add that like, from like what the movie is about is people who are stuck in their circumstances, struggling to move forward in their life and not really sure how to, the, how difficult it is to decide when to move on and when love sort of shifts forms. And, you know, this is a couple that they do love each other. And how do you know when to break up? And then it can come and I don't want to like give away the ending, but it can come <laughs> in different forms. And it's like sort of, I think, seeing these people trying to move on with their life and also genuinely caring about each other and wanting the best for each other. And Ellie, how did you get involved with this project? So this was like early quarantine. Like it was pretty, pretty much we shot this a year and a half ago. Wow. And I was just like sitting on my couch, like, you know, wondering what to do with my day, like seeing what meal I could try to learn to cook or like where I could get like the new fruit I needed in Animal Crossing. And um, Stephen and Henry called me and they were basically like, so we have this idea. Ben was already attached to it because it came from his own personal story. So they were like, we, we want to make this movie. Do you want to act in it? And there wasn't even a script. And I was pretty, I was scared at first. I was like, well, what about COVID? How are we going to do this? Like I hadn't seen anybody, you know, except for my partner. And once we worked all that stuff out, I was like, yes, I'm in. And they sent me an outline. I sort of gave some like thoughts on it and they, you know, came back to me with a more detailed outline and that's really how it happened. So when we moved into the house, we like were working off this really detailed outline. And I think it was like a month after I initially agreed to it that we were in production. I love that, you know, most people were like their hobbies were puzzles and yours was like movie. (laughs) (laughs) It it was a really welcomed distraction or just way to get creative because, yeah, I too was just kind of sitting at home at the, with my ex, but yeah, I hadn't seen another soul in, uh, in months it seemed. So to get around friends and to make something was a bit of like a shock to the system. And yeah, I mean, the chemistry between the two of you is really great. I mean, I fully believed that you were a couple who used to be in love and then just now can't stand each other. And as Casey mentioned before, like you both worked at BuzzFeed, but so did the writers and directors and BuzzFeed actually produced the film. So do you think that like knowing each other and like everyone helped your on-screen dynamic? Oh my God. Yes. So much. I mean, I think that's why the film ultimately works is that we all knew each other and had worked together before and we all trusted each other so much. Like even just Stephen and Henry, like I just had no doubt in my mind that I would not only love the experience of working with them, but be proud of the results. And with Ben, like, I think that's why they cast us. Is because like <laughs> They knew, yeah, you know, they, they were like, oh, great. Like, yeah, we can cast them. And then like, it'll work because not to like be, well, whatever. I just mean, like, we had made these BuzzFeed videos. They already knew our dynamic. They already knew. They could already sort of picture the film because we'd worked together at BuzzFeed and had done all these relationship videos. We'd, we'd done all these fighting videos. We, we'd love to fight <laughs> with each other. That was, like, the main thing we did in our videos. So I think they were like, oh, we could get these two and make them fight for an hour. And, like, it'd be fun. Your whole entire <laughs> life, you were doing chemistry tests with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a real deep relationship character study. We didn't realize we were kind of building towards this movie the whole time, but 
it really worked out well. It was no, a blast. I, I, tr- I truly oh, yeah. love how collaborative it is. I mean, Ali, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but you're also a writer and it isn't that common for the actor to be like so involved with it from the outline process in the beginning. So I do love how, how, what a group effort it really was. Totally. It, it, it was sort of because our crew was so small, everybody had to play multiple roles. And like, obviously this is Henry and Stevens, like they came up with the story and the structure and it, it's their project, but like we all gave ideas on the story. We improvised most of the dialogue and like we're constantly <laughs> cracking each other up and having a blast. And like, we all ran sound at one point, like Ben was running sound in the scene I was doing. Claudia, our producer ran sound. So it was super collaborative because there were like five of us living in this Airbnb and we all had to play multiple roles. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be right back with more from Ali and Ben. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Ali Vigiano and Ben Coleman from The End of Us. So, Ben, your character in the movie is an actor in L.A. How much of that did you pull from your actual life experience? Well, I I would say his experience is a very exaggerated version (laughs) of my own. I, you know, in the movie, he's like getting asked to do uh, auditions for cruise line performances and like weird student films. That's not really something that I personally went through. I, I was more drawing from like what it's like to live with an ex during right. <laughs> quarantine right. rather than like the actual professional side that he shows in the movie. But I took a lot from personal experience. I mean, the character did seem like a much goofier, weirder version of myself. 
So it was fun to, to kind of explore what was going on in my actual life through the lens of a different character and kind of walked away at the end of the project with a new view on my own relationship and, uh, just a wild experience all around. And then Allie, you're an accomplished writer in your own right. You know, you're on the morning show. Uh, so what was it like coming in on this project as an actor this time? I thought like acting was something I was done with after, you know, I got staffed on the morning show and I was focusing on writing and I had acted in my BuzzFeed videos and didn't really pursue it after I left BuzzFeed and getting this opportunity just to act and like play and improvise and like you know, I did give obviously like my thoughts and notes on, on story stuff, but like at, at some point I just took a step back and I was just like, I'm releasing myself from this. Like, this mm. is not my job on this set. Like I'm not going to be there like pitching all day on, you know, how I would do it. Like, it's <laughs> like, no, it, it's my job. That, here is, to that be is nice to be able to release that control aspect of it. I, it is. And I was not sure if I could do it. I was like, am uh, I just going to be so fucking annoying this whole time? <laughs> and then I just made a choice not to be like, I made a choice that like my job is to be an actor. This is not my movie. And once I did that, it was just delightful. And it just like allowed me to be so present. I wasn't thinking about anything else other than like the scene. And that's so crucial to improv. Like you really just have to be present. You have to be listening. You have to be responding and allowing myself just to be in that role was so fun and definitely re like sparked this desire to act more because it was just a blast. And, and it's such a different muscle than writing. And you think about character so differently, you know, you're thinking about the lines from such a different place too. So I learned a ton and it was cool to like, you know, give my thoughts on the story before he moved in and then like just leave it at the door and put on a different hat I you know hats are fun I like I like <laughs> I liked wearing a new one <laughs> now you both have already said that it was really nice for you to film this movie and like you know it was something to do and you know you got to be with friends and like actually see humans but I'm curious like when you were making this you're making a movie about the pandemic during the pandemic like did at any point, did it feel just like a little too close to home or was it just actually cathartic? That's a good question. I, I think, I, you know, we, we were definitely mindful of the fact of, you know, there was a pandemic happening outside and we wanted the story to kind of touch on it gracefully. But in terms of was there a fear of it being too close to home? I mean, I think it was like a healthy fear of like, let's, let's make an authentic story that acknowledges this thing that we're all going through, uh, without taking any cheap shots at it or, but yeah, I, I think that we were aware of that and hopefully steered in a direction that was kind of a, a way to look at it and, you know, not feel too overwhelmed or fearful or, you know, a way to kind of feel this comforted sense of like, this is what we all went through together. And I, I think that's what we were able to capture. Just like, not necessarily nostalgia, but I know I, I've heard when people watch it, they, they kind of feel seen and heard and, you know, just reminded of this is a thing that we all went through together and we're still going. Yeah, I have heard that people who've seen it are like, I was, it's like this weird feeling of nostalgia because it was such a different time like in the early pandemic and seeing it you're like oh right we did used to wipe down our groceries we did used to like do these things and I think enough time has passed that like mm. people who I've seen it who are people who've talked to me after they've seen it have been like wow it really captured this period that I actually 
was surprised that I loved watching. But like when we were making it, I didn't feel like something I was afraid of. It just felt like we were creating something from our reality. And like my biggest fear was like, how are we going to handle this? Like, I don't want to be making light of this thing. Like people are dying. Like we definitely had conversations about like the severity of it. And like, ultimately what I love about the movie is it's, it takes place during the pandemic, but it's not about the pandemic. It's about this relationship. And it really like centers these, the emotional story and it centers these characters and not like, you know, it's not like the pandemic is the reason why anyone's going to watch this movie. Like it's just, part of the world in the background. So when we were making it though, like it didn't, I think we were too present in the moment to, to even like think like how it would be perceived, but I didn't feel a sense of like, oh, this is too close to home. It's like, that's how you create. Who's ever created something that's like, oh, I wrote about my breakup and it was too close to home. Oh, I wrote about my trauma and it was too close to home. It's like, no, you write what you know. Like you write what you're experiencing. That's how art is made. So from a creative point of view, I don't think it felt too close to home. From a perspective of like viewership, like, yeah, like months after we made this, when they started like announcing pandemic movies, everybody was like oh my God, I never want to watch a pandemic movie. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, you know, (laughs) too bad. We made one. Whoops. (laughs) Didn't know that. Didn't know that six months ago. (laughs) I like what you said about nostalgia though, because it is, I do get that because like now I feel like at the end of the year, I've been seeing like on TikTok, like people do like a roundup of the top 10 songs from like early pandemic. And I listen to them and I'm brought back to this like time in my life that I don't, I don't absolutely hate, like, obviously there were terrible things about it, you know, in and out of your own home, but it it definitely, there is a nostalgia aspect to it. All right. So finally, do you guys have any other projects coming up that you want to tell us about? Yeah, I've got a few projects coming up with Stephen Cantor, one of the directors on this. He and I made a short film that we're submitting to festivals right now. It's called The Whisper Rock. It's a psychological thriller drama piece. It's a relationship study in a, in a way, but very different than The End of Us. I'm going to make another COVID movie. And <laughs> every year of the pandemic, I make one new COVID movie. Everybody will love it. I can't wait till there's like a criterion package of all your COVID movies you buy in like decades from now. <laughs> Look out for it. Um, (laughs) No, I don't have anything I can really like talk about concretely yet. Season two of Morning Show is out and wrote on that. And um, I'm in the process of of developing my first feature as writer director and Casey, you might've even read a version. Oh my I don't God. Remember, but oh, that's a, amazing. It, it, like I wrote the script like so long ago. I've been trying to get it made for years and hopefully this year we're doing it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And where can our listeners watch the movie? You can watch it anywhere you download or rent movies, Amazon, iTunes, Apple TV, uh, wherever else you would go to get that youtube probably has it i love uh, options i love this yeah <laughs> just you just throw it into google the end of us and i'm sure it'll lead you the right way where you can download it and see ali and i fight in the most wonderful way <laughs> well seriously thanks again both of you thank you, thank you so much for having us 
That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, it's okay to want kids and it's okay to not want kids. Just make sure your partner knows either way. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I play Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.